0: Welcome to the Fasting Well podcast. My name is Ben. I'm a PA, which is similar to a doctor, and I share tips and strategies to help you improve your health through fasting, nutrition, and other healthy lifestyle changes. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about how much fasting should you do. How much fasting? So fasting is beneficial for just about anyone, but if some is good, is more better? Not always. So it's going to depend on your circumstances. It's going to depend on your body. It's going to depend on how overweight you are and all those different things. And it will also depend on your goals. And so in this episode, I'm going to share kind of a a range of possibilities. I can't give you the exact answer for you because there's no way I could possibly know that. But I can give you a range of possibilities where you can kind of probably kind of figure out, kind of hone in on what would make sense for you. And then also some real-life examples from um, certain people and from myself and from some of my podcast guests and things like that um, to kind of put it in perspective about what makes sense for different people. So the the biggest question about how much fasting you should do or how much fasting you could benefit from is how much extra body fat do you have? Uh, or I could say, how obese are you? No offense. <laughs> how obese are you? Um, so uh, I mentioned this in another podcast episode recently, but there are a lot of body image issues like women in particular often fall into unrealistic expectations about what their body's going to look like. Cause this, if they look at Instagram, you know, if you're looking at Instagram, TikTok, magazine covers, or even just movies, a lot of times you're seeing stuff that's not realistic. And in some cases it's edited. So you're not even seeing the real person. There's some kind of filter or some kind of post-production. So you're not even seeing the real person. Then you're comparing yourself to them and you're feeling shameful about your body and all these things. So the, that's, Kind of uh, the basic idea about these body image issues, and the reason I bring that up is because a lot of times that is the reason why someone might think they need to do more fasting than they really need to do. Um, and then if you're doing it with the wrong mindset, like this mindset of shame and and you know hating yourself and hating your body, then you're actually less likely to to you know be able to reduce body fat because you're going to be more stressed. Negativity and stress cause you to hold on to more body fat. So that's another reason to kind of approach fasting with the right mindset and the right attitude about positive benefits that you're trying to get and stuff like that. So that was a little bit of a tangent, but again, the, the, the first question was how much extra body fat do you have? And if you have a lot of extra body fat, then it makes sense to do more fasting, potentially some extended fasts or frequent fasts. If you don't have that much extra body fat or you don't have any extra body fat, if you're not overweight, then obviously you wouldn't want to do as much fasting, Uh, perhaps not very much or just infrequent. And that's because if you don't have a lot of extra fat, then you don't have the energy source that your body's going to be using while you're fasting. You don't have as much of it. Um, So when you fast, you switch into fat-burning mode, you use the body fat for energy, you make some of it into ketones. And so if you have tons of this stuff, which most people do but not everybody, then it makes sense. You can you can do this fasting and, and that's your main energy source. But if you don't have a lot, if you've either already lost a lot of weight and so you're getting closer to your goal or you're starting from as a pretty healthy, lean person or whatever, but you just you're interested in some of the other benefits of fasting, then you wouldn't want to do as much. Because if you do, then the problem is if you don't have the body fat to use as energy, then you have to kind of tap into your lean body mass. In other words, like various sources of protein in your body, including, but not limited to, muscle, um, can be used to help keep your blood sugar up and so forth during a long fast if you don't have much extra body fat. So that's the bit, that's the spectrum, basically. If you're on one end of the spectrum, or if you're on the other end of the spectrum, or if you're somewhere in between, you know, if you have a lot of extra body fat, more fasting, less body fat, less fasting, somewhere in between, somewhere in between. So. Just to kind of reiterate that point, in Dr. Ben Bickman's book called Why We Get Sick, um, he talked about with fasting, basically the time when it can become a problem is if you're fat doing a lot of fasting and you're pretty lean already, then you know the percentage of the energy that you're using from lean mass goes up. The more lean you are, the more lean mass you have to use because you don't have enough fat to sustain you during the fast. So that's the biggest thing to keep in mind. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, just, again, I'm kind of reiterating this, kind of harping on this, the longest recorded fast, I believe, is the guy who did like 300 and um, it was over a year. It was over 300 days, and I think it was over a year. Um, And so he fasted, let's just say, for about a year. And, And so that sounds a little crazy, right? Um, it was basically a water fast. He was doing some electrolyte supplements, but he was a about 500 pounds or something like that when he started. So he had an insane amount of body fat that he could rely on during this fast, and that's what he was doing. is he was just burning through that body fat day after day after day. And B, he was under medical supervision, so even though it went super super long, they were able to kind of adjust his electrolytes and things to you know, kind of keep things somewhat in balance, so it didn't become um, you know, ri- as risky as it would be for someone else to go that long. So, so that's on one end of the spectrum, is you can go a while if you have a lot of extra fat, but if you don't, then you shouldn't be doing as much, basically. Um, and you got to have the right mindset and stuff, like I talked about earlier, um, to make it effective. Um, so another question, along with how much extra body fat do you have, is what are your other goals? So, for example, some people fast because they have an autoimmune condition like, um, for example, Crohn's disease or multiple sclerosis. Some other ones would be like rheumatoid arthritis, and the list goes on. But uh, extended fasting has been shown to reduce autoimmune symptoms, so like fasts that go beyond three or four or five days in particular. Um, So if that's your goal, then obviously you'd want to do some of that extended fasting. But if you don't have a lot of extra body fat, then you would maybe not want to do it quite as often, and you'd want to make sure you really feast in between. Lots of, lots of good quality protein, for example, to kind of maintain your lean mass, you know, do the resistance training to keep your strength up and everything. Um, so you'd want to kind of tweak all of those variables in a way that works for you, depending on your goals. Okay, so that was kind of the general overview and <laughs> a few tangents and this and that. Um, but what about some real-life examples? So I gave one real-life example, which was that guy that uh, did the super, super long fast for about a year because he had so much extra body fat. But here are some other real-life examples. So in episode 14 of this podcast, I interviewed Megan Ramos over at The Fasting Method, and she works with Dr. Jason Fung and others, um, including Dr. uh, Nadia Patigwana. Um, who was on uh, let's see which episode I think it was twenty four of this podcast as well is also one of her colleagues, but Megan really went into detail about what they do over there on in episode fourteen, including you know they work with a lot of people who are overweight and have type two diabetes, and most of the time they have them do alternate day fasting, and what that basically means is like fasting three days a week let's just say Monday, Wednesday, Friday, just for an easy example. So if you fasted all day, all day on Monday, all day on Wednesday, all day on Friday, um, and on the other days you'd be eating, you know, you'd be feasting, you know, um, so you're just alternating the days and they've had some really incredible results in terms of consistent weight loss and fixing blood sugar, fixing insulin, and basically putting type two diabetes into remission. Um, so these people are fasting pretty frequently, right? Three full days a week, but they also are usually starting with a lot of extra body fat. So, like I explained earlier, they're on that end of the spectrum, and they're getting incredible results, incredible benefits from doing quite a bit of fasting. Now, here's an example that's kind of the opposite of that. So there's a an Ital- I think he's Italian, researcher named Dr. Guido Cromer who was interviewed on uh, Dr. Rhonda Patrick's podcast called Found My Fitness some years ago. So I listened to this interview and it was super interesting because dr. Cromer is an ex- expert on autophagy um, and even has these like was explaining these different names for other like subtypes of autophagy like vir- virophagy <laughs> where the if the body is like consuming viruses or mitophagy when the body's kind of recycling mitochondria and things like that, so it's a really interesting episode, but the reason I bring it up here is Rhonda was asking Dr. Guido Cromer about his own habits and stuff, and I don't remember it perfectly, but I think his answer about like his own fasting routine was that once a year he would fast for five days. Now he is not overweight; he's pretty thin um I don't know how old he is, but you know he's a little bit past middle age or whatever. Um, but he's relatively thin and he does this five-day fast not to lose weight. That's not his goal at all, but it's actually to get the other health benefits of fasting like autophagy. And by the way, I didn't explain it here, but maybe you already know, but autophagy is kind of a cellular spring cleaning. It's when your body's kind of cleaning out all these old and worn out proteins and stuff like that, and fasting induces autophagy probably more than anything else. So... In other words, nothing induces autophagy more than fasting, um, that I know of. So, uh, so Dr. Cromer, who's not overweight, chooses to do a five-day water fast once a year and probably not any other extended fasting. So for someone who's very lean, um, doesn't have a lot of extra body fat, that's a scenario that might make sense, is to do one extended fast maybe per year or something like that. So you get some of the health benefits that come along with it, but you're obviously not trying to you know, drop a lot of pounds and you know that when you do that you may ta- you know you may have to use some of your lean body mass to help sustain your blood sugar and stuff like that but you know before and after eat some good quality protein and and do some resistance training and so forth so that's another scenario so that's kind of one end of the spectrum and the other end of the spectrum and then i'm kind of in between so my own experience is um when i first started fasting i was kind of mildly overweight and I ended up doing a lot of TRE because it's convenient, you know, just like skipping breakfast and things like that. And occasional extended fasts, like every few months or sometimes more often, um, sometimes less often. So it's kind of varied. And then what what kind of, uh, an interesting thing that happened with me is like, I, you know, I got fairly thin and then I've kind of gone up and down a little bit when I, you know, take a break for vacation and this and that. Um, but But what I noticed was even when I would get kind of thin is I still had like a little, little bit of belly fat that just was kind of stubborn and a couple of other little things like that. And, and so my first thought was like, okay, let me do some more fasting to try to get rid of that. And again, like I was not particularly obese or anything at this point. I just had like a little bit of extra something around the midsection. And so I did more fasting But I found that I was kind of stuck, like the fasting alone wasn't wasn't taking care of that issue. So it turned out that it became clear after a while that I needed to focus on other health variables besides just fasting. And that included the type of food that I was eating, how my stress levels were, my sleep quality, what kind of exercise like resistance training to like build muscle and stuff, And so it had a lot to do with hormones, you know, like the stress hormones and other things that affect sleep. Um, And it's not just fasting. So fasting is really powerful. It's probably the single most effective way to reduce body fat, but it's not the only variable. And so sometimes if you're kind of, you've made a lot of progress, but you're kind of getting stuck or whatever, sometimes it's other things too. So it's not just about doing more and more and more and more and more fasting forever with no limit. Um... So you kind of got to look at the holistic, at the whole big picture, um, the whole situation. And, you know, consider your individual circumstances. You know, maybe you need some medical testing. Everybody's different. We all have different challenges and different situations going on. So those are some real-life examples. And in summary, how much fasting you should do depends on your individual circumstances. And the biggest single question is how much extra body fat do you have? If you have a lot and you have those other signs of insulin resistance like high blood sugar and, you know, the belly fat and the high blood pressure, et cetera, then a lot of fasting probably makes sense. What's a lot of fasting? Well, maybe the three days a week, like uh, like what they often do over at The Fasting Method. If you're physically fit or if you're fairly thin, et cetera, then it doesn't make sense to do a lot of fasting. But it might still make sense to do, you know, an extended fast once a year like Dr. Guido Cromer does. Um and you could certainly still do some time restricted eating even if you're physically fit. Um, that that's kind of falls into a different category. Like you could still do that as long as you're still getting a good amount of protein every day and a good amount of food every day. Uh one example is like Hugh Jackman when he was preparing to do the Wolverine role in some of the movies, would do like time restricted eating to get ripped, you know. Um, so he obviously wasn't like um <laughs> he wasn't trying to drop a lot of body weight, he was probably gaining weight. Um, to some extent during that time frame, just by building muscle, you know? So anyway, that's the spectrum. That's the biggest question. Um, But then you got to consider your other goals. You got to consider like the autoimmune conditions, you know, that I mentioned earlier. And you got to consider other health variables that can also influence your body weight and your overall health, such as the food timing. I mean, the food type, food type and timing, but fasting is the timing. The type of food you eat, what kind of exercise you're doing and how much, how's your stress level, what can you do to change that, how's your sleep quality, and sometimes other things like certain specific health conditions that might cause you to rethink your approach or whatever. So spend a little time. Think about how much fasting makes sense for you. Think about what other health variables might also have a big impact that might be worth focusing on as well. And if you're thinking about different types of fasting and and how they might fit into your lifestyle, you could also listen to episode 17 of this podcast, where I talked about seven types of intermittent fasting and kind of how to choose the best one for you. And if you're kind of in the early stages and you want some extra help to kind of make sure you're taking a wise approach to things, then also take a look at my intermittent fasting checklist, which kind of goes through a lot of beginner tips and ways to avoid common pitfalls. So you can find that at fastingwell.com slash checklist. So you just type that in, fastingwell.com slash checklist. All right, so hopefully that was helpful overall to give a little perspective. And I appreciate you listening. I'll see you next time on the Fasting Well Podcast. The Fasting Well Podcast is not medical advice and does not replace the need to consult with your own medical providers.